And I guess what I really did learn from that is pointed me into a direction to say, you know, stock picking for myself, at least, is really difficult. Hello, fellow risk takers, and welcome to my worst investment ever, stories of loss to keep you winning. In our community, we know that to win in investing, you must take risk, but to win big, you've got to reduce it. My name is Andrew Stotts from A. Stotts Investment Research, and I'm here with featured guest Dan Bebas. Dan, are you ready to rock? Yes, I am, Andrew. <laughs> All right. And I just saw for the audience, I just saw him drink a sip of coffee. So I think he's going to be fired up. All right. So Dan is the co-founder at Fountain, a digital wealth manager combining new technology with certified advisors to make personalized investing more accessible. And that is pretty cool. That's cutting edge of fintech right there, ladies and gentlemen. Dan was formerly an equity derivatives associate at Citigroup, working closely with some of the world's largest financial institutions on equity cross asset and volatility products. We have that in common. I was the head of research for Citigroup's securities business in Thailand many years ago. And he is a member of the founders of the Future Community in London, the Tech Nation Founders Network, and is a regular speaker at startup and fintech events. Dan, take a minute and fill in any further tidbits about your life. No, I think you pretty much summarized my life in a couple of neat words, so thank you, Andrew. Really excited to be here, excited to chat with you and tell you a little bit about my worst trade, not so much that it was terrible, but what I learned from it, which is the most important thing to discuss this morning. Absolutely. Well, now it's time to share your worst investment ever. And since no one goes into their worst investment thinking it will be, tell us a bit about <laughs> the circumstances leading up to it and then tell us your story. Yeah. So actually, um, it's pretty funny. So I'm, I'll throw a little asterisk in and then we'll see how that's all relevant is, you know, I'm a diehard fan of just passive investing. I really do believe invest in the, in the market, in the long run, you win. We could go through a million different proof points, but let's not do that. We've all read it. So that's the kind of investor I am now. And I have been for pretty much uh, my entire adult life or young adult life. But I got there actually through what was one very sort of concerning and anxiety-driven trade when I was a student at McGill University in Canada. You know, I was majoring in finance, so you're learning all these things about markets, about how to evaluate balance sheets. And a few friends of ours, we said, why don't we just, you know, invest a bit of money, money we had from summer jobs, a couple hundred dollars here and there in a few companies that we find interesting. I think one of our friends had a sort of like TD Ameritrade account. So we figured, okay, perfect. We can just all take a look at one or two stocks, see if they're available, if we like them, invest it through his account. And it wasn't even big sums of money. Again, a few hundred dollars. Funny enough, you brought up, you worked at Citigroup. You said, I worked at Citigroup. The stock we actually chose was Citigroup, which is actually funny. So when I eventually interviewed there for uh, the graduate program, I told them I was once an investor and I knew a lot about the stock. And I think in that way, it worked out very well. But back to this first investment. So this is really, I think my, it's probably like my first ever investment that I actually took seriously. So a few friends, print the reports, we read through it, you know, kind of apply what we were learning in school, thinking we were hedge fund managers, et cetera. And so we invested and, you know, I, I don't remember the entire economics and the ups and downs of each one, but the trouble I had, why it was, I said it was so anxiety driven is I went from having this really clean thesis that I should invest in this, probably thinking I'll become rich very quickly. And then before you know it, you know, you have an earnings report that is a cent or two or, you know, negligible amount below expectations and the stock drops. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, I thought this was a home run. Why is this below any expectations regarding earnings? 
And then you think, okay, fine, that's a stock-specific event. It happens. And then there's some kind of macroeconomic thing, event that happens. And you say, oh, no, I, it just dropped a little bit. And then you know, there's positive news afterwards, and, and it's just bouncing up. And then you, know, you say, okay, your earnings are out of the way, but you have maybe you know, other banks that have earnings before or after that then impact the sector. So I went from thinking I had this very neat thesis on just Citigroup as an individual company. I'd read the balance sheets. And before you know it, I was you know, getting hit on all sides, both up and down. How is the sector doing? How is the broader market doing? How are its peers doing? Is there a specific event that wasn't baked into sort of uh, the share price that is now happening? And just too many variables. And on top of that, the money I was earning through sort of odd student jobs was in Canadian dollars. And we were investing in American dollars. So on top of that, I'm starting to take a look at, you know, where's dollar CAD trading? And I think it's safe to say I was very, very, very overwhelmed. I think we just about sold out of our positions to break even. Maybe I, my first one or two gray hairs from that, those couple of weeks or months was it of investing. And I guess what I really did learn from that is pointed me into a direction to say, you know, stock picking for myself, at least is really difficult. I have trouble accounting for all the many different variables and I have trouble stomaching the many ups and downs that come with it, which is why since then, for pretty much all of my investments, I've just fully converted and committed myself to the faith of passive investing, the likes of what Warren Buffett often preaches about. And that has been me as an investor ever since that experience of, of uh, trading stock. And to be honest, I'm very happy with it. So it's worked very well for me. So I can't complain. So... I was going to ask you, what lessons did you learn? You've already gone through it. And the most important one is, you know, what makes you happy? And I, I, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, let me, I'll summarize a few things I take away. But, you know, one of the most important things about investing is that you've got to do it in a way that suits your personality. 100%. And, you know, that is different for different people. I mean, I've worked my whole career in financial world. And I, I had some guys that just loved sitting on top of the market and just watching price ticks. This yeah, yeah, little, yeah. I, little, I know a little. few people like that. Yeah. I know a few people like that too. And of course, you could argue that that person probably in the long run will not outperform, but it fits a personality yeah, <laughs> need yeah. or something like that. So I totally, a while ago, I got some advice on this show from someone. I said, you know, what would you do if you, if, if you thought someone was going to do the wrong thing and, you know, you could give them good advice about not doing it. And the guy that I had, was interviewing said to me, let him do it. You know, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. And kind of just made me really think that, yeah, let people play. No, I, I agree with you. I think also when it comes to investing, be it picking stocks, passive funds, et cetera, I think a lot of people are doing, and I put myself in this bucket out of just like general interest. I mean, you, you find it fun, you find it exciting. It's almost like financially important, but also in many ways a pastime, something you do really out of interest because it stimulates you. So even in that case, I've realized over the years, I actually really just enjoy sort of the macroeconomics of it all, the big picture, understanding, you know, general economic direction as opposed to studying balance sheets, which is why, again, as an investor where I am now, past investing just makes a lot of sense. Even yeah. if, I think even if you didn't have a new fun fact coming out of uh, Warren Buffett every year or so, or I would still actually think passive investing is right for me, not simply because of the, the long-term benefits or the fact that you actually do end up outperforming stock pickers, but also the fact that I much prefer reading about wider economic growth than looking into the balance sheets of individual companies. It's super interesting to study companies, but I just think in order to do it probably, you need to study a lot of companies 
and then within those companies filter through a small amount of companies and then dissect through those to pick one or two that work. And I think that is just a little bit less appealing to me, a little bit less. Yeah. And that kind of brings me to the next learning that I take away, which is the idea that there's a lot of people, I'll illustrate it through a story. The other day I was walking down the street in Bangkok and I saw a dentist and I walked into the office and I was fascinated. So I asked the dentist, hey, what would it take for me to become a dentist? He said, well, you'd have to study a bit and learn and all that. But, you know, I said, do you think I could do it? And he said, yeah. And I said, well, you've got some patients in the office right now. Do you think I could do like one, like pull one tooth? (laughs) and the dentist said you know the dentist is like well you'd actually have to study for a while and then you know how long would I have to study well you know probably eight to ten years depending on what you studied (laughs) in your undergrad and then you'd have to you know work in some sort of interning type of thing where you know you'd, you'd get mentored by someone and then you know 15 years later you could pull a tooth and I said no 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 but I want to do it right now so Obviously, I'm making that up, but the point of the story is that (laughs) as a sell-side analyst and working in brokers in Asia, what I was kind of baffled about is how easily people just walk in and put their money down, knowing nothing about the market. And so, you know, and some of them will get lucky and some of them will will not be lucky. It's a little bit like jumping in a car, not knowing what a seatbelt it is, figuring out what the gas pedal is and jumping in and just slamming on the gas. And the end result of that is that you're taking on risk that you don't necessarily know about for that person. And the world doesn't care. The world doesn't give a shit that you don't know that you don't wear a seatbelt. And that's exactly the same thing. uh, Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think also when we built out Fountain, so we're based solely in the UK, we were pretty dead set on only offering passive funds. And um, throughout everything we do, it's actually, it's kind of like what you're saying that our big focus is to tie in our customers' investments to not necessarily a blend of equities and bonds that you know really hits home for them, but something that sort of suits their overall appetite. Is it not, not just risk appetite, but can this help them achieve a goal in 10 or 20 years? Is this the right investment? Taking a look at all these different variables. So yeah, I kind of agree with you. What the outside world says, what other people think is right or not right, is almost irrelevant because everyone you know, taking their hard-earned money, putting it on the table and saying, I want to invest in X. That X is really specific to you, what your preferences are, what your circumstances are, what your experiences are, what your objectives are. So yeah, I do agree, you know, no two people should view investing in the same light, especially when you're thinking about if it impacts your overall sort of life goals and financial security. Yeah. I was looking forward to interviewing you and I'm glad you talked a little bit about what you're doing. And it's interesting to understand more about what Fountain, what you're doing with Fountain. But I actually wrote a book about this because I have five nieces who are not interested in investing. They didn't study finance, but I wanted to give them a way to use the passive tools that are out there. And I tried to simplify the financial world as simple as I could make it. So it wouldn't, it would be something that they could implement. And that book is called How to Start Building Your Wealth Investing in the Stock Market, which is on Amazon and around. But that really, although I've spent my whole life picking stocks and working with fund managers and understanding active versus passive, for the majority of people, a passive you know, combination of passive funds is a sure win over the long run because as Warren Buffett illustrates in the title of that book, Snowball, it's about 
keeping your money in the market long enough that it gets that compounding effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Uh, and I think Albert Einstein also did say, was it compound interest is the eighth wonder of the world. So yeah. <laughs> it's good enough for Albert Einstein and Warren Buffett. It's good enough for me. How's that yeah. for a rule? Um, Bingo. Well, let me ask you, what's your number one goal for the next 12 months? And maybe you can just give the audience a quick snapshot of what you're doing with Fountain. Yeah, sure. I mean, my goal for the next 12 months is definitely entirely geared towards seeing Fountain grow. Not only seeing us grow in terms of users and AUM, but also in how we refine our product. So at the moment, what's really unique about us is that you have a really rich digital experience if you want to invest on your phone. And so you can pick through different passive funds that are available. You could obviously go through performance. You can see how it ties into your goals, how it ties into different products in the UK. So for example, to maybe American listeners, the equivalent you know, of a 401k or an RIA, different sort of products that are tax friendly. So we do that entire sort of wealth management experience that accounts for taxes, circumstances, investments, et cetera, in app. Uh, but one thing we've also realized is when it comes to money, when it comes to wealth, when it comes to financial planning, a human touch is really valuable, which is why we pair every investor with a certified advisor. That investor can choose to speak to our advisors every week. They could choose to speak to them once a year. They could choose to say, you know what, this year I don't actually need to speak to anyone. I'm just taking a look at my chart and the money's growing or it's not. And I'm happy with that. And we think that's really valuable. So the objective for the next year is to try and get our message out into the world to say, a lot of you out there still value human expertise, still value human touch. When thinking about your money, your financial planning, financial security, your family security to an extent. So how can we get more of you to sort of benefit from Fountain's offering, which is all the efficiencies, a digital experience, everything going through your app, everything super smooth at an affordable price because we have those efficiencies in place, but also without forfeiting that human touch that is so, so valuable when thinking about your money and your long-term planning. Fantastic. Well, I think you're going to have a fun 12 months ahead. <laughs> I think so. We've already had a fun couple of weeks into 2019. So things are shaping up very well for the new year for us. Fantastic. Well, I appreciate your time and I'm going to close you for it. having me. Yeah. I'm going to close it to that and tell my listeners, Hey, there you have it. Another story of loss to keep you winning <laughs> to find more stories like this previous episodes and resources to help you reduce your risk. Visit my And as we wrap up, Dan, thanks again for coming on the show. I know it's painful talking Thank about our much. losers. Yeah, but All right. okay. do you have any parting words for the audience? Yeah, just happy 2019. Pleased to be here. And uh, thank you for hosting me, Andrew. Yep. Pleasure. Keep that wealth growing. Well, that's a wrap on another great story to help us create, grow, and protect our wealth. Fellow risk takers, I'll see you on the upside.